Here, you will hear stories of the unknown, tales of the twisted and terrible that have been silenced. The strange and the transcendent, riddles, secrets. As your guides, we will take you on an expedition where the curtain between worlds is torn. This is The Farthest Reaches. What's going on, everybody? This is TFR. <laughs> We're finally back. After like an entire month, pretty mm, much. Yeah, we, deci- longer, we right? decided to take the holidays off and, you know, we kind of did some restructuring and we were like, you know, what? we need some time to kind of like decompress. Life has been hectic yeah. for everybody. So, yeah, mm-hmm. being one of those famous podcasts out there, we're like, man, we need a fucking break. I am oh, yeah. mentally, physically drained. Well, that is true what, for what? me. Oh, and okay. me. I was retail, so yeah. I was expecting an insult coming. Just no, set me ablaze. I'm very tired, guys. I am sorry. We'll actually make this episode pretty quick. <laughs> anyway, we are TFR, and we are not afraid to let you down. That is the TFR motto here. So I am Matthew, your lovely one of your lovely co-hosts, and over here we have Josh, hello, the bearer of enough beard for two, mm-hmm. and we have Don't Cassandra, the president of the unofficial Ian Summerhalder club with their yes. awesome yes, you. ravioli raviolis give me sweater. the formula yeah you yes. got someone that's a quote from him right i should have worn my mystic fall sweatshirt then oh damn missed yeah. opportunity how about that and over here we have <gasps> where'd she go it's pretty she's living her dream of being a ghost being chased <laughs> by zach baggins Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> mm, you guys could switch. Damn. I'm not sure what her stance is on Ian Summerholder. Brittany, though. you want to switch? Hard to say that name. Summerholder. It's really not Ian Summerholder. Summer? Like some, yeah. Or Summer. S O M M E R. Summerholder. And it's like. Summerholder? That's going to be as hard as the fucking Russian names I'm going to have to speak here in a few I thought there was two. Hold on, let me check. I don't know. Is it Swedish? I don't fucking know. He's hot. Why do I care? I feel like there should be an umlaut with the A. Okay, there it is. S O M E R H A L D E R. I say summer holder. Mm, summer holder. Maybe. I don't know. I so probably like just mid-summer. make it. I, just, I don't care. He's ah, just hot. I just I just make it harder than it needs you to just be. Just call apparently. him Damon. Damon? No, that works too. Damon. But we are down one person for today's first initial episode of 2022. <laughs> Brittany. She's here in spirit with us. Well, we can this might be a good time to introduce the fact that we have a brand new recording schedule. We do, everybody. <laughs> and we hope to keep to it. Well, and that's, so we're going to record every other Thursday. Oh, God. So we Just have putting a, it out there. Now we got to stick to it. Well, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> that's that's the plan. We're going to record every other Thursday. So we have like a nice little schedule. So that way, I mean, you'll get more regular content from us. But that also might mean that you might not have all four of us every single time. But that's kind of what we've agreed upon to yeah. bring out the most yep. regular content you know, posted content. And then uh, Matt is going to post this, the, uh, the episodes every Tuesday. Cause we're, we're going regular for 2022. That's we're, we're putting it try out there. Our damnedest. Yeah. That, it's Sometimes on the, ca- life happens, it's on but... the calendar, but that's the goal. Yes. Yes. That's the plan. That's the goal. We might, you know, readjust or reevaluate down the line. But as of right now, that is our plan. Two main episodes a mm-hmm. month and followed by a TFR news around the end of the, the month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, that's going to be a big change for the year too. No yeah, more. definitely G- gives us a little more time to uh, um, deviate towards other matters that need to be focused on yep. when it comes to this podcast. Right. And 
I would say if it comes down to a series that might be um, a serious multi-parter, maybe three or so, four, whatnot, mm-hmm. we will try to do as much of those within a <clears throat> month that we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this a single episode or a two-parter? This is going to look probably be a two-parter. Okay. I will say maybe three, but I really doubt it. It'll probably just stick to a two. It would be like two, like seven-hour episodes. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I won't do that to everyone. I mean, that's that's like committing a crime, and then people would mm. happen to be in jail for that. That well, had nothing to do with it. Oh, okay. Basically, they, they were just witnesses to it. Mm. Yeah. Well, and so. also, um, Brittany and I have decided to let TFR News kind of become the boys. So... Brittany and I will be a regular feature on the TFR episodes that we do make. And then for the TFR news, we're going to kind of let it be a featuring Josh and Matt kind of situation. And then if the girls happen to want to join, that's fine. But since they're smaller, more kind of rounding up the spooky weirdness of the month, because you guys are going to record them towards the end of the month and then kind of do like a monthly recap post at the beginning of the next month. Right. Isn't that kind of the, the goal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those will be more casual. Mm-hmm. It'll pretty much be going back if you've listened to all of our past TFRs. Yeah. Um, like back when Brady was with us, how they kind of worked with just me and Matt doing the TFR news mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, because Brittany and I are sleepy ass bitches. Okay, we need a lot of sleep. We need a lot you, of alone you guys time. Got your own things going we on. got a lot. We need a lot of alone time. Not a lot of mental commitment. Not a lot of responsibility. That's kind of life <laughs> I've 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 sculpted for myself. So committing to more than two things a month is kind of tiring. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, I, I really need, just need the time to sit on the couch and do nothing, okay? Mm, Love you. But that's committing. <laughs> you commit to sleep, and then you commit to not sleep. That's already two things. So I should just die? I'm not saying that. Jesus. I'm, I'm overloaded. There's n- n- so way, to, way to spoil the end of my episode, people dying. Come on. Oh, well, you just did that. Spoiler alert. God. Mm. Matt, you're the worst. So, yeah, again, Are you going to spoil like uh, the new Spider-Man uh, movie still for people that haven't seen it either? I can. I mean, it has kind of been out for a while. Not what, that long. What's the rule? Not that long. What's the oh, rule? No. What's the rule? Like, how long do you think a movie has to be out before spoilers are okay? Because um, I, I I've been seeing mm. them on Facebook and stuff. So well, yeah, some people just don't give a shit. I would say for me, well, well, I'm saying I've been seeing them more frequently. Yeah. So like more people are doing it. Well, the, the movie's been out for like at least a month now. Almost it was before Christmas. Yeah, uh, so. a month. It's ever it's ever a month. It was December seventeenth. Okay. Technically the sixteenth on Thursday. When I it think came a out. month is safe. Think a month safe. Because I feel like at that point, if you really mm. want to see the movie, you're gonna make a point to have gone seen it. So, yeah, this is the first episode of 2022 for TFR, The Farthest Reaches. The Firstest Reaches. What? The Firstest Reaches. Firstest Reaches. I've um, missed this. <laughs> I do, too. I'm surprised none of us forgot how to podcast. <laughs> I thought maybe we'd be sticking these mics up our ass or something like that. I mean, I'm all sure. I do is sit here and talk, so. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty okay. good. Apparently, I'm pretty, you're pretty just good a at professional. That. Uh, yeah. Yeah? yeah? Okay. That's all I do all day. Sit so around and talk. We hope everyone had a... Fantastic Christmas, fantastic New, New Year, Year, or whatever other holiday you celebrate. We're inclusive. Yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, even though it's been over practically a month for all that stuff, we're kind of late to the game. But hey, <laughs> when did the last? I kind of forgot all of what happened on Christmas. I, what are even the huh? holidays? What happened well, in December? I don't even know. Uh, it's been so long. I will say for Christmas, you did get me this great oh fuck emergency. I forgot all about that Bigfoot toy 
speaker thing. I'm not sure what you call this handy dandy device. Mm. We have got it on Amazon. Snort, roar, and groan. We can link it. Let's let's do a groan here. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Our, our, our <laughs> Dude, last, that was like you just came. Was no, he's taking 10. a shit. That's what that is. He's something's leaving he's his pinching body. off the turd right Something now. Something left his body, and he is happy about it. All right. Yeah, weird. Uh, I mean, oh yeah. yeah. Or that's like yeah. me getting out of bed in the morning. I'm like, oh, like cracking my back. I'm like. Fuck. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's it hurts every to be time alive. Down those no, that's when you become. That's when you wake up and become like a horizontal trapeze artist, <sighs> and you break or you crack every fucking bone in your body when you Ooh, do that. Yeah, I'm just like I'm like Ugh. I get out of bed like a Silent Hill nurse. I'm like, oh god, no. Yeah, uh. yeah she does. <laughs> she does. She just starts fucking spinning under the covers, basically, and I'm just all crack, 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 crack. <sighs> it's like a musical. All right, <sighs> we should get into this. All right, we probably should. <laughs> One more sound. One more sound. Let's do One more. snort. <laughs> Oh, that, that's that's a, little, a long one. That's a little uncomfortable. <laughs> a little bit. Link in the description if you want to <laughs> pick one. up from Amazon the, one of those too. the Bigfoot sound maker. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's start things off with a new Apple podcast review. Oh, God. That I, okay. that I came across. <laughs> now, this just goes to show how often we check our reviews here. This is from December. I don't know if I've ever checked them personally. We're not stuck up. But we oh, love I'm a full-blown narcissist. I just kind of forget that they exist. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, are, we are all in like our own ways. Yeah, that's fine. This is from December 19th. Oh. I mean, to be hey, fair, that's not that long ago. To be fair, our last episode was December 20th. So. Oh. Exactly. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. Oh, so, and this... this uh, person here, I can't tell if it's uh, who it is, but they actually listened to probably one of my personal favorite episodes too, and uh, it's titled "I'm in my bathtub." <laughs> <laughs> Comes from Spooky Inva, Spooky Inva. I think it's Spooky Inva. I'm not sure. If you're out there and you're listening to this, you need to message us on Twitter or Instagram or something like that and let me know how to pronounce. Thanks your for name. listening to us in your most intimate moments. Yeah, yeah. We'd we'd like to have more of these if if, <laughs> if you would like to share. So, title is "I'm in my bathtub," and it says it's got a nice three periods at the beginning of it, so mm. you, you get a little like there's more like, to uncomfortable come. first, like oh, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? <laughs> Smoking a joint and listening to the Granger Taylor episode. I also listened to the Skinwalker Ranch episodes, and I had to stop smoking halfway through because I got freaked out. <laughs> I've decided this is a great podcast. <laughs> I, I We're say, glad I, to help. I will say, I hope that is like multiple baths, because it, if that is one bath... That's that a long-ass yeah. bath. Shit, that's like a two-hour-long bath. Real question. <laughs> is smoking in hot water the same as like drinking in the hot tub? You know what I mean? Oh, like when, yeah, like yeah. how it amplifies? I don't know. But when Is I, that when the same I, for smoking? Maybe. I don't know. I would think almost smoking just in front of a fan that blows it back in your face <laughs> is probably enough for that. But drinking in a hot tub. Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the good point about I wonder if that was oh. one long bathtub session. Well, he thank- came out like complete, like a <laughs> that, raisin, whoa. like a human raisin, just Honestly, shriveled. If you listen to the Granger Taylor and like what we did three episodes of yes. Skinwalker Ranch, that's yes. like five hours worth of content. Oh wow, yeah, that is. Fuck, I hate taking baths. That sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. How long? Yeah, okay. So spooky info. How long was that bath? <laughs> if it was multiple baths, did you smoke a joint for, for every each single? One? Maybe that's their thing. Maybe that's when they they. And smoke in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah. You know that's what? their me time. That sounds like that's, pretty nice, though. Sounds, like, I don't really care Turn the for bath. I, I don't care for baths. Yeah, same. But 
Well, my pr- problem is like I'm so bored in there. Like yeah. I need something to like stimulate my brain. Like I need to do something. Yeah. But if you're high, you're probably not gonna care. But yeah, I eh, mean, probably. I mean, I feel like smoke smoking in the bathroom is kind of like having a shower beer. Like it's just kind of relaxing. I don't have shower beer. Yeah. I don't like beers. Eh, so yeah. well, you have I, like yeah. a, you can have like an a shower cider. I don't see. My problem is I like a fruity shower wine co- cooler. Okay. A shower anything. Shower help, shower iced coffee. Anyways, Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's Mysteri- great. Mysterious. Uh, I hope you have many more <laughs> bath sessions with us to come. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, so today we are today. talking about one of my personal uh, favorite. It's always about you. Damn. Oh my God. Okay, I, I do want to bring this up. Cut this out. <laughs> Say what we like. What topic we're doing? Obviously, if you can't read, you. I'm, I'm, know, I'm derailed. My train of thought was derailed. <laughs> Choo-choo. So, anyway, as I was saying, this topic, the Dyatlov Pass, <laughs> is one of my favorite all-time mysteries. Yes. Can you pronounce it one more time for me? Like, genuinely? I, I think for a, an English-speaking person here. That's me. Yeah. Dyatlov. Dyatlov. And okay. it's spelled like Dyatlov. Yeah, that's why I never really know how to pronounce it. Well, it's Dyatlov's the, the, yeah. the most common Sometimes term. Sometimes the V is pronounced like an F, Dyatlov. But I'm, mm. but I'm pretty sure it's safe just to stick with Dyatlov. It's Russian. Dyatlov. Um, yeah, Dyatlov. Whatever. Dyatlov is what I say. Just think. How about this? Since people die, Dyatlov a cake. Since people That's die, how I remember it. Just say Dyatlov. You can do something like that. Dyatlov. That's dark. I don't like it. Okay, I'm sorry. Dyatlov. No, like you said, like if you remember when we've before the far the shooties even started, what two years ago, heading into our third yeah. year. Whoa. When we were talking about Time. doing this podcast at Bonnie and Gabe's wedding, this was one of the first topics you, me, and Brady talked about. Because like when we started talking about cases that we wanted to cover, mostly because I remember Jen even being like, oh, yeah, I know about that case. And we were I'm just, just like, glad oh, that someone in this podcast has a good memory. Well, the only thing I knew about it. Which is surprising because I drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The brain cells are holding on. Oh, I know you did. Well, it's interesting because, like, I I barely, I know, like, very surface level information about it, but I didn't know, like, what it was, like, I didn't know the name of the situation, Um, but I did know the book, and I actually had the book of Dead, is it Dead Mountain, right? Yeah, I had Dead Mountain, which is a book about it, in my to read for years Mm -hmm. because... There's a YouTuber that I love and follow, and her name's Caitlin Doty, and she's a mortician in California, and she's also an author, and I read her books. She's actually friends with the guy who wrote wrote, oh, no read, shit. wrote this. Really? So that's, oh, that's cool. That's where I found, because like, I'll just take a book recommendation from anybody and add it to my list. Kind of like you with movies. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll read it one day. This book, fucking fantastic. The author- I still haven't read it. Name? Ian- Donnie Iker. Donnie Iker. Well, I don't know yeah, where I got She's Ian. friends with Donnie her. But, um, it's so fascinating, because like, he went- like before he even had like a book deal like signed and everything, mm-hmm. he went and like walked the pass, walked mm-hmm. through the buildings that the, yeah. the students had walked through and everything. Like it's it, pretty cool. Fucking yeah. fascinating. But I, I literally had this on my to read list forever and I didn't want to read it prior. Like, because I have so many to read. I don't yeah. even know. But once he told me about it, like I think I had bought. Did you buy that or did I buy that for you, you a while ago? Me, I think not. Like, for your birthday, maybe, maybe two Christmases ago. It was a Christmas. It was gift. a while ago. I was gonna say, so was okay, like so not not last year, but the year before then. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like one of the first books. So on I was like, well, he wants here. it. I'll buy it for him, and then I'll read it later. So after this, I'll I think I'll, I will read it because it's a pretty short read. It's not a very big. Book. Yeah, it's not even three hundred pages. Yeah, it's but pretty there small. Is so much information in there, you would mm-hmm. expect it to be like like a textbook, like, I don't know, like <laughs> Harry Potter, Half Blood Prince, like mm-hmm. seven eight hundred pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not it but it's so informative it's so nice it's well, a, such a great book in this case well, we can has... also link that on amazon yes <laughs> along with the bigfoot yeah, sound. like this case just has everything like it's kind of like skinwalker ranch in a way where it has like it's just a melting pot of conspiracy mm, the melting pot i knew it mm. potential <laughs> potential aliens potential cryptids government cover-ups like it's fucking <laughs> insane uh, speaking of Donnie Eicher, uh, when you were saying that he, before he even had a book deal, he was just so infatuated with this. He wanted to figure out what was going on. Uh, he actually, at the time, I can't remember if it was like his girlfriend or wife or fiance, but she was partner. pregnant. She was like her, par- <laughs> yeah. yeah, his partner, excuse me. Um, but she was like six or seven months pregnant. And then he found out about this case and he was like, holy shit, I really want to find out what's going on here. And she basically said, uh, well, you better make it fast because yeah, once the baby's here, you're going to need to be back here. So That's he, very reasonable. So, yeah, yeah. So he took like all his life savings and took a trip out there and met some of the people and yeah, like you said, walked in their steps and whatnot. Yeah, and I think he did a interview with Yuri Yudin, the uh, one survivor, the one survivor, quote unquote survivor. I mean, oh, he I wasn't there. Was a he wasn't there the night of the incident. But he was part of the group, and he like as we'll mm. get into. But he had to like leave. But he has connections. Yeah, yeah, like he was part of the group, but he had to leave before the incident because he had. I bet he's glad he did like that. that. Yeah, and one of the first <laughs> things he said to the author Donnie was, "Don't you have anything in America to research? <laughs> oh my god, or to, uh, any mystery in America to look into? Like, why the fuck are you out here? So anyway, what is the Dialov Pass? I don't know. Incident. You tell me. So on January twenty seventh, nineteen fifty nine, ten hikers. I and I believe it's it. coming up soon. The the anniversary is coming up soon. Yeah, yeah a, well, a week away. This from, month? Yeah, a week away yeah, from the anniversary. Month. That's the whole point of this. Mm. So oh, I thought it was because it's cold outside. <laughs> yeah, you're too funny. I, I mean, it is cold outside. Mm-hmm. It It'll be even more real when the first snow hits. It already well, has. Well, I mean, snowed. the first snow hits while this episode's out because that just oh, makes it. People people will think they're in Russia. And they walk along the streets with their big ass like boombox, and they had this episode blaring, and it's snowing. Bo- They'll be like, Holy shit, I'm really that. Is that your Russian accent? No, that's not my Russian accent. That's not <laughs> my Russian that? accent. You will hear some of my Russian accent here in a second. Okay. When I try Does it sound like Sylvester Stallone? Sony's nit- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's that, not, actually. Okay. I will try. Okay. I will try. Uh, so, 10 hikers, which will become nine, as we talked about the sole survivor here. And believe it or not, in Russia, they are more so, if you're into hiking, mountaineering, exploring, you're actually more as a tourist. That's I the thought term. you were going to make a joke where it's like, in Russia. <laughs> in Russia. No. Yeah. No. Trail walks you. That's what I thought. That's where I thought he was going with it. That's why I was like, oh, what, what's the joke? And then it never landed in my, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Tent rips out of you. Oh, oh, God. God. oh, God. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so obviously it's a much different meaning here in, in the States of what a tourist is than in Russia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 10 hikers led by the experienced outdoorsman Igor Dyatlov stare into the white abyss that was Sverdlovsk Oblast, otherwise known as the Gateway to Siberia. After traveling by bus and train through the Ural Mountains, their final trek of their journey, reaching a Torton Mountain, was finally upon them. What they had worked so hard for was closer than ever. They packed up their supplies and departed the small village of Vichy, the last official outpost and means of communication with the outside world for the next two weeks. However, little did anyone know that would be the last means of communication not for two weeks, but forever. For the hikers would experience unimaginable, overmastering terror 
ultimately leading them to their deaths on February 2nd, 1959. They're so sad. Almost a month later, their tent site was finally discovered by search groups, eventually leading them to their bodies, their vessels of flesh, as I like to call it. Why the fuck would you call it that? To be found in very odd circumstances. To this day, the case remains unsolved, and the infamous mountain pass was named Dyatlov's Pass in honor of Igor Dyatlov. And people do walk it today. Yes, they do. Why the fuck you do that? Our author here, Donnie Eicher, was the first American to ever do it. Yep. But there is a lot of, like, superstition behind it, so, like, they never try to like recreate it so they never yeah, do like no. groups of nine and shit like because there are legends with like the uh local indigenous troops Mancy. there yeah the, Wait, man, the, Mancy the Mancy tribes, Mancy. like the indigenous I said Nancy I was like who the <laughs> fuck is Nancy take your back <laughs> but um yeah I guess there was like a there's legends of like a hunting party of nine like years 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 before this that had gone missing Kinda so like, like a prop like a so there's a lot repeating, of like legends and yeah. like local lore about like mm. you know the number nine being mm. very kind of like our 13 here mm-hmm. i do hear that history tends to repeat itself does remember that movie number nine wasn't that a cute movie oh yeah that was kind of precious was yeah movie. you remember how like right before like 2019 into 2020 everybody joked about how every like 1820 1920s had plagues yes, and, oh, literally. Didn't. Yeah. i mean history plague. literally there's like three repeats times itself. that happened like yes. 1920 1820 and like 1720 yep. uh-huh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> it's great i mean it's like yeah. the universe works in cycles or <laughs> something Whoa. weird just don't eat a bat oh okay <laughs> yeah ozzy looking at you <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> Oh, yeah. Poor Ozzy. He ain't doing the greatest. Yeah. So explanations for this range from ordinary to extraordinary. You all ready for this? No, can't do that. Copyright strike. (laughs) Avalanche. Windstorm. Murder. Bear attack. Escaped prisoner. Infrasound. Tiny tornadoes. (laughs) Death by nuclear waste. A secret government testing facility or site. Radiation. Mythical Arctic dwarves, <laughs> the Yeti, and UFOs. And there's many more. <laughs> what about those like laser beams that countries are pointing down at I, Americans? I like Whoa. to I like to imagine that all of this happened at once. You oh, know what? And it was Me just a too. fucking. It's like a really fucked up save moment. file of Sim City where you just like click every button at once and watch it just completely fuck up your city and just all the Sims die. Yeah, it's like when you play the original Jurassic Park game on Xbox and then yeah, you just, it's you very just remove similar. all the cages and all the dinosaurs eat mm-hmm. them all. Just like just that. a whole big cl- and then you put in cheat codes for a heat wave yep. and a tornado and yep. a thunderstorm. Exactly. That's cool. Exactly. Maybe this was the, the real cover up of the Cold War. It just proves Could that be. we're all oh, Jesus Sims. Christ. That's all it is. This is just Sims, and someone from Sims 2 had the cheat Rodney Tombstone and then just clicked all the options. <laughs> if you know, you know. Oh. Bullprop testing cheats enable true. <laughs> so, yeah, needless to say, people have had uh, had fun with this, this unfortunate Well, not the people that died. They didn't have fun with it. And it's no. sad because a lot of those— That's a good observation, Cassandra. Thank a you. lot of those explanations, there are some evidence— <laughs> Like leading to them, as crazy as it sounds, there are a little bit for each one. It's fucking weird. I'm surprised I haven't fallen into like the trap of being like a diehard conspiracy theorist or like in a cult. Because you told me something, I'm like, whoa, no way, dude, that's sick. How that? (laughs) This incident is essentially like their JFK assassination. Mm. Yeah, it's like Roswell. I mean, it's Mm. it's up there. It rivals it. They they really take this seriously, and um, they as in the Russians. 
The Russians. Yes. The Russians. Yeah, well, yes. for the longest time, it was covered up, and like you couldn't research it for the nope. longest time. It wasn't until the fall of the of uh, of uh, the Soviet Union. Mm. Yeah. No, until things got released, which was. Uh, well, it wasn't directly after the fall, but I would say it was like mid-90s when some of these files, and not even all files are out there, only some, that people like Donnie Eicher was able to get their hands on, or um, uh, Yuri, I can't remember his last name, the curator of the Diatla Foundation, got his hands on with all sorts of evidence. But there is, for example, there is like over 100, maybe over a couple hundred of photos mm -hmm. of the expedition, because when I, I, I get into it a little bit later, but... Uh, he kind of needed to take pictures to document certain things. Uh, others, of course, are just for fun. But there are some that are just kind of scratching your head. You know, what the hell is going on here? There was a camera, too, that, like, I think Yuri wasn't aware of that one of the other hikers had. But the camera roll mm. was just so happened to be damaged by water. And I don't know how much I believe that. But mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy shit. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Please ask it. Why the fuck are we doing this episode and you don't have a white Russian? Oh, my God. Stopping what the it. actual shit right. is this? I, I am going to correct that problem next time. I find episode. that absurd. I'm pissed. I'm actually kind of offended. It's, it's dry, dry January. <sighs> Ew. I have not participated, <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean... I know a lot of people that have, and you know mm, what? We are proud of you. Is that actually you a thing? Yeah. Oh, I literally didn't know that was a thing. Really? Yeah, it's a thing a lot of people uh, do. Say people Isn't... drink when the ball drops. I mean, I say, it. Like, I started 2022 off drunk as fuck. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, you did. I already fucking failed. So did you. Shut I was up. drinking no. last night. <laughs> <laughs> Man, no. I'm um, I'm mad. We're disappointed. I'm, I'm mad. disappointed myself. I'm about to just That's your favorite drink in the right entire now. world. Huh? It's your favorite drink. I know. Well, like the best. All of all drinks. Your alcoholic drink. Thank yes, you. it is. Thank you for clarifying. This This show has facts and we need that. The fact is you let us down today <laughs> and yourself down by not drinking a white Russian while talking about a Russian winter event. <laughs> well, hopefully I can bring us all back up from letting you down so far uh, with my uh, my research here. You can't lift me that high. <laughs> I'm pretty low. But he's really tall. The so, fuck? yes, he could. The fuck you talking about? Oh, it's true. Yeah. He's like, huh, yeah, fuck, it makes sense. Or he I can lift noticed. me up while I lift you up. Oh, it's and like then when I ride on your like shoulders at weddings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the main source of information tonight, and well, and for the next episode, maybe three, probably not, just two, comes from the book Dead Mountain, The Untold True Story of the Dyatlov Pass Incident by Donnie Eicher. And I will say that this book is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Five out of five stars? Uh, easily, five out of five stars. If anyone wants to look more into this, because obviously I can't say everything word for word that comes out of this book, I mean, you could. You could just read us the book over the next no, few episodes. No, I am, this is a no, no. I can't talk <laughs> about doing that shit. Uh, so, yeah, if you are wanting to research this topic or, you know, before you set off on your own Russian exploration to check into what's going on over there and you want to read this book, I highly suggest you do so. On I say Amazon. this book is the book. Or when support it comes a local it. bookstore if it's there. That's true. Yes, please, please do that. Uh, the this man here, Donnie Eicher, our um, our author, puts forth a lot of in information. Excuse me, that is very digestible, and he displays it in a brilliant representation of the Diablo Pass. He goes between talking about the Diablo Pass and talking about his trips to Russia. Not one, 
but two. And the people he meets along the way, like you said, he meets the sole survivor, uh, Yuri Yudin, and the curator of the Diatla Foundation, Yuri something. And he even meets, I think, uh, Igor's the a leader of the uh, whole exploration here. His one of his, well, the, the remaining sister that's that's alive, uh, might, might be Tatiana. It might have been. And he does a really good job of like giving life, like bringing life to these, you know, all the students. Because a lot of times when you hear about this case, everybody just gets stuck on the events, the, of what the happened. event of what happened. But like, they're people. All these kids, <laughs> they're so fucking incredible. These kids, like, yeah. <laughs> How did I reach these kids? <laughs> but like, like, oh, by ski. <laughs> yes. But like, they're so incredibly like skilled in so many different facets. Like, engineers. One was. Like a uh, worked with like nuclear facilities and oh, shit yeah, like I, that. I yeah, these weren't all that down. subpar intelligent people that yeah, like, no. were they, just stumbling they through were, this. They have done they many many expeditions. I mean, there's there's stories in the book about uh, one of them ch- like chasing off a bear with oh, nothing shit. but a fucking like a hammer. One in Russia. There's another <laughs> where like there's an incident where like yeah. <laughs> uh, one of them were on like another expedition and they encountered like herd of like wild horses oh, and just being calm. <laughs> With Fabio and leading just being, the pack. Like, just being calm under pressure. Like he told everybody in the group to like stand back to back, create a circle and like the horses went around him. So like mm. these people knew what the fuck right. they were doing. I can't help but think a dead bear like the other bears investigated and they're like, huh. Might have been a possible human attack. <laughs> Maybe. I Who mean, think that? I don't know. If we are in Ru- Russia here. Think like that. I no. think they do. Okay. I think they've adapted the human ways of thought. <laughs> See, I hear you say about things like that. And I just picture myself in those situations and I'm like, wow, I'm really not cut out for that kind of I'm life. I'm just imagining a really big fat bear with a tiny little blue police cap. Well, no, you're not made out for this <laughs> life because the weather there is negative like 20. I know, but you just... A bird would Celsius. fly at me, and I think I would just fall on the floor and start crying. So I'm like, I am just not cut from the same cloth as these people. <laughs> uh, no, because most of the nights here, uh, it's amazing. Alone, just the weather is like negative 30, negative 20 Celsius. So it's like negative 5, negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit there. Sometimes colder. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but. sometimes colder. I mean, obviously, it all depends on if a fucking, even if a storm blows through, how that can uh, manipulate the terrain. But uh, even just the snow itself, so like when an avalanche comes barreling through and perhaps mm-hmm. there are some people that get buried in it and then a search and rescue team go out there and look for them, they have these big ass long poles that they stick oh through the ground. God, you just fucking stab somebody. See, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, how, is this, how is this the most affected method? Take a flamethrower, burn the fucking snow away. Um, anyway, but I want to say here in this story some of them that were doing that they would hit eight nine feet and not touch the ground yeah that's insane. i mean this would be sometimes buried like 12 feet of snow that's mm-hmm. insane but um my work wouldn't call off if i come in yeah <laughs> i'll deal with it just fun little trivia that i learned from one of my friends that used to snowboard all the time if you get caught in like an avalanche or like i know what you're gonna say how snow, to yeah. figure out which way's up or down yeah because obviously Unless, you get disoriented Matt, do you know how to tell what's up and down if you get caught in a like buried under snow. I think you just have to groan like Bigfoot <laughs> and have him come dig you out. Close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously. The Yeti. Sorry. Once you get stuck and do fucking rolls, you're gonna be laying there like, oh, what the fuck? But yeah, spit. Yep. And that way you can tell what's You'll up know, and down. You'll know like which way it falls. Like if it falls oh, on yeah. your face, yeah. That. That's a that's a yeah. good fucking it's, idea. It's, 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 it's a good, it's a good little survival. Yes, tip. it really also, is. You could also pee. You could also yeah. shit. But if you peed, it'd be like in your pants. It wouldn't like come like one way or the other you know what i mean what 
grow up. (laughs) (laughs) But I love knowing things that are never going to apply in my life. Same. So this book, just rounding out what I have written here that I'd like to speak about it. um, He goes over very, very many explanations of what could have happened to these hikers. Uh, He provides pictures. He has excerpts from their diaries. Well, some of their diaries, but more so the group diary that they had, um, which really helps you connect. personal thoughts and feelings. With the hikers. Like, oh my God, Jimmy is so cute. He touched my hand and I got the butterflies. uh, Not like that, really. (laughs) But there are a couple, like, them talking about when they would camp out one night and just sing songs and have a good Hmm. old time and shit like that. That's even sadder. Oh, trust me, this gets sad. I think two of them played, like, mandolin. I think, oh my God. Me and Tom compared dicks tonight mine was like way bigger so but um but yeah like it just you know it created like it, i mean yeah, they, it humanizes they like us yeah, yeah I it humanizes words i wanted to be i'm imagining this book like amazon says it's the greatest there is josh <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i was trying to think of words like really the next like, review is what <laughs> the next yeah, from cassandra yeah. what yeah, like, matt I mean, repeats it they're essentially like our group of people like just yeah Going out and just oh, having are. a good fucking time. Joking, Except a lot smarter. Joking around, like <laughs> jumping on each other and like wrestling in the snow and doing stupid shit. Sexy like, wrestling in the snow. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Donnie here, he's got maps, provide you with the distance that was traveled and what they took by train and by bus and by foot. I mean, he's got uh, diagrams explaining like those little tiny tornadoes that came in here. Um, he he tries to stay away from the 14, the kind of paranormal aspect. But Lame. he... but. He does not overlook. He does not let it go unnoticed. He will talk about it gladly. But for him personally, it's probably not something like a fucking, you know, nuclear Yeti coming out of a UFO. Tiny mm-hmm. tornadoes. It's just my five, three asters running out there spinning in circles. Just a little Tasmanian devil. Just nine nothing nine but, people across yeah. the street going, oh, no. <laughs> Look out here, cops. <laughs> um, but. but- they had to keep the journals too. That was weird. <laughs> but you interrupted but yourself at the, at the same at the time. Same time. <laughs> We're like brothers. I don't. But brothers. Closer. I don't know what this means, but I cannot <laughs> wait. But uh, I mean, it is important to also note that they had to keep these journals because they were going out on this expedition to achieve some kind of like high tier level expertise. Grade and, three. Yeah, and to get to that grade, you had to like keep journal entries. So it. There's reasons why all these journals were made. Uh, But Donnie, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not. But (laughs) the everything that you have presented and how methodically and tediously and scientifically examined all this information really is, uh, is fantastic. This book really does wonders when it comes to opening up uh, people's eyes to this case and what could have potentially happened to these uh, these poor old saps. So let's get to know our hikers, shall we? First up is Igor Dilatlov, 23 years old. Don't do that. I'm trying my hardest. That's why I'm laughing. I'm trying my (laughs) bonerous. Come on. I hate you. I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) And he was famous at the school's hiking club for his technical know-how and the easy command that he took over any situation. Igor's hiking mentor and friend, oh boy, Volodya Polyanov. Mm-hmm. described Igor as having indisputable authority and once said, quote, everyone wanted to go on a trip under his leadership, but one had to earn the honor to get in Igor's group, end quote, end quote, excuse me. For some reason, I wanted to change to get into Igor's group to to get into Igor's pants, but... Uh, a kid named Igor in my fifth grade class. 
I beat him. <laughs> I beat him so. in the in the in the school's race. What mm-hmm. race? Like you know, like your school would do like field day and was it like a all. jet ski race. No, you just ran. Did you get the ride with like Dale Earnhardt and NASCAR? I, I beat him. Was he a Russian kid? No, he was extremely tall though. Oh. So, um, <laughs> I just want to say that in no way is his friend here, Volodya, uh, presenting Igor in a manner of like, to put it short, like he's an ass. It's just that he was very stern and controlling in the way when the need arose, oh, yeah. when the situation came mm-hmm. to it. Like, I mean, like Josh had, had he ain't uh, fucking around. alluded to, you know, he, he liked having fun and goofing around and whatnot. But when it comes to something like hiking, the Diatlov pass here, he was like, all right, we cannot fuck around. Yeah, you don't want people that are super inexperienced mm-hmm. and no. just completely when you unaware of their situation. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So from a different expedition that Igor was on, uh, there was a group journal, just as like uh, there was one with the Diatlov pass here. And I'd like to read this uh, excerpt that Donnie Eicher included in his book on page 44 about just how controlling of a situation I- Igor could do. Uh, So suddenly, from behind comes a powerful roar of some unknown origin, but approaching very quickly. We look back and freeze in terror. Heading toward us is a herd of wild horses. Many, many of them. A whole bunch. Yeah, this is the story I was telling earlier. The first thought is run, but where to? Igor commands firmly, stop. Nobody move. We gather in a tight group. Ooh. Some covering their eyes, others with eyes wide open in the horror. Watching in complete silence, the herd of about 30 horses racing towards... Is this the race that you beat Igor in? Yep. Horse racing? About 30 horses racing towards us at full speed. About 15 meters before they smash into us, the herd suddenly splits into two, and without slowing down, streams around us like the river around a rock. And continues on its way. Fucking terrified. And then they all had to change their pants. Yeah. Oh, God, I felt like a horse would be so hard I'd become a centaur or something. I would be terrified. They probably felt like the orcs in Lord of the Rings. Uh, maybe. They just might have. But, yeah, if if uh, just, you know, standing tall when it comes to 30 horses doesn't tell you how... Uh, big his dick is. Big Igor Dyatlov's dick is when it comes <laughs> to controlling a situation. I don't know what does. So he was born into a family of engineers and showed a finely tuned scientific mind at an early age. His technical knowledge and prowess was quoted as encyclopedic. He was studying radio engineering at UPI, Ural Polytechnic Institute, now known as the Ural Federal University. It's even told that despite the Soviet ban on radio transmissions during the Cold War, Igor's bedroom at home had radio panels, homemade receivers, and a shortwave radio. It's like Granger Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Volodya Palinov goes on, I say that last name different every time. <laughs> That's fine. Goes on to say, quote, thanks to Igor, we had a handmade radio receiver on our hiking trips. He even made a makeshift telescope so he and his family could witness the first Sputnik in 1957. Cool. So fucking rad. Another friend, Moisey Axelrod. Oh. <laughs> um, Let's on. take a second. Say it again. So I know the last name is, is correct. I don't know the first name, but it really looks like Moisey Axelrod. Guy's a badass. He has Sounds to like be a someone badass. with a crooked penis. Oh yeah, well, someone I found a oh. customer's last name today at work. Well, his, his last name was Rex Winkle. Rex Winkle. So that's pretty cool. That's <laughs> like our friends' podcast, Josh. And I told Cassandra the other day when they were interviewing someone, and they talked about <laughs> an officer with the name of Pee Wee McDougal. Oh god, that has to be the worst name I've ever heard for somebody. Does anyone out there remember um, 
Bam Margera's Unholy Union or whatever when he was getting married to, was it her name's Missy? And like on his bachelor party night, he went to this guy and his, this guy's name's Dushan Mandic. Oh my <laughs> God, I forgot about that. And like the whole fucking episode is just him drunk off his ass, just laughing about this fucker named Dushan. And he, <laughs> yeah. like he showed his ID and everything. This fucking guy's I name is totally, Dushan Mandic. He has every right oh, to Oh yeah, it was great. I totally forgot about that. That was like I did too. fucking 15 years ago and I will it will never leave me. <laughs> uh, but for this, uh, oh, excuse me, um, Moisey Axelrod mentioned that for a 1958 trip to the Cyan Mountains, Igor had constructed ultra-shortwave transmitters so they could establish communications between rafts, boats, is what I mean. Uh, so he did not take any radio equipment with him on this trip. Why? Well, because <laughs> radios, these types of radios, uh, were very cumbersome. They were heavy very heavy. As fuck. This trip was nothing like the other trips that he had planned before. So he's like, you know what? I'm not going to carry a 100-pound shortwave radio on my back oh, come for on. over 300 miles. Not happening. <laughs> so his younger, uh, excuse me, youngest sister, Tatiana, mentions that Igor was such an outstanding and an upstanding student that once he graduated high school, he was awarded a silver medal, which would allow him to enroll into any university in the region without having to take an entrance exam. What the fuck? I know. Igor loved the outdoors. So much, in fact, that I'm going to read a diary entry from page 43 of Donnie Eicher's book. And it goes, July 8th, we are in a beautiful meadow walking along blossoming willow weed, chamomile, and bluebell. Not blue balls. The grass is high, so we walk in single file. The flat, expansive meadow is surrounded by hills. And far away, we can see the bluish foothills of the Ural Mountains. The air is warm, the smell of grass is intoxicating, and the birds are chirping. What a dream. So he genuinely loved the outdoors. Mm -hmm. It wasn't for whatever reason he was thrown into the sport of hiking, and he's like, man, I wish I could stop. I mean, he really <laughs> did enjoy it. He mentions in his excerpt that, he, that they walk in single file. Apparently, that is a hiking tactic to do, is walking in single file. Yeah, so they don't know your numbers, like the Tuscan <laughs> I do it. <laughs> I think that every fucking time. But I didn't know that was an actual tactic, but maybe it's for, you know, anyone else past the leader, you know, to walk on easier terrain, you know, once the snow or whatever the terrain might be is and more And maybe it's packed. easier to not lose people or keep tabs on everyone. Maybe that too, actually. Yeah, not I to see, see nine different sets of footprints mm -hmm. going around. That's, that's, God, I'm so glad you're here. So next on our list here is... Zenaida Komogorova. I kind of like that name, Zenaida. Zena. Sexy. Reminds me of Zendaya. I love her. Yeah. I think uh, a Zena, the warrior princess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, her nickname for the group was just Zena. She was a student of engineering as well. She was lively and bright and always had an amusing remark or engaging story to tell. She drew admiration wherever she went. Several of her companions actually had secret crushes on her. Mm -hmm. She was very pretty. She was. Zena was the main person to write in the group's diary, and unfortunately would also be the last. Dun, dun, dun. Next up is Ludmia Dumanina, or Ludia. I hope I'm knocking it out of the park with these. <laughs> she was the other woman of the group and only 20 years old. I do believe she was the youngest. She was a student of construction industry economics. She was a very serious person. But not to the point of being just like a flat-out bitch. Kind of like Igor's control of a situation. When the need arises, she could be stern, abrasive. You know, she can stand her ground if need be. She was strong, and she was uh, capable of enduring intense pain and discomfort because... Yeah, this this fucking story. 
This is the most Russian story. This is... (laughs) Yeah, I. this is like a, a Russian first date or something like that. <laughs> On her previous hiking trip, Lydia was shot in the leg oh. after a companion had mishandled a hunting rifle. And while being carried back to safety, I guess, uh, to be treated over 50 miles of harsh terrain, oh she just kept her fellow friends in good spirits. She would crack jokes. She would laugh. She'd be like, oh, look, I got shot. No, no. I mean, she just, she just did not seem to care enough. She was a fervent communist. But I speak of that because the USSR actually had a name for women like that. And there was this, it wasn't really a name, it was more like a title. So, but it's the girl in a red kerchief with a gun. But it just seems like she had an indomitable personality. And I respect that. Well, you talking about, you know, her being a communist, a lot of them were. And that's like part of the reason why they became such avid outdoorsmen is because, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of entertainment. Oh, yeah. I so get they pretty much had later. to create it. That's why a lot of them, like, with, uh, I forget which one had the mandolin, but that's why it was so One important. of the Yuri's. Yeah, yeah. there was, like, what, three Yuri's in this group? Three. Yeah. Technically, oh they God. need another one, four. So there's four in the whole story. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Matt around here. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's why it was so important that they had the uh, ukulele with them. and Mandolin. Yeah, the mandolin. Sorry. Small guitar. Small guitar. <laughs> yeah. but, Small uh, stringed instrument. Yeah. Because, you know, they had to create their own entertainment. So next is Yuri Doroshenko, one of the three Yuri's on this trip, like I just mentioned. He was a student of radio engineering at UPI alongside Igor and Zina. I, just being the three, I just immediately, just another Spider-Man reference. Just I wonder if they had the, the Yuri one, Yuri two, Yuri three. I, <laughs> oh. I keep forgetting which Peter I am. It's one of my favorite fucking moments. I love that. See, my favorite one's like, I'll get the <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that was awesome. I'm like, I, f- I relate to this too much. Yep. <laughs> so Doroshenko here was impulsive and brave, and he had almost developed his own mythos. It would seem with, uh, you know, some of the the people of the regions, or excuse me, peoples of the region, because some of his stories of courage and bravery was told, including like Josh had talked about before, a brief encounter with a bear. Kind of like he's an enigma. Like in he's which, in a- yeah, the, he's an, the myth, an, the legend. Enigmatic person, yeah. yeah. But Doroshenko chased it off with just his nerve and a geologist's hammer. Nice. What a badass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could do that too. Next is Yuri. A gummy bear. Oh, this, last, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this last name is literally like 20 characters. Oh, God. Yuri Kudvodoschenko. Just, just sound it out. <laughs> I'm going to go with this nickname, Georgie. Oh. Yeah, nice. she did not star in a movie named it. Oh, okay. okay. This is a different Georgie. He was the hiking group's jester and musician. Always cracking jokes and armed with a mandolin, Georgie was essentially the bard of Ooh. anyone's D&D campaign. Yeah. He had a bigger-than-life personality and loved the storytelling. One friend dubbed him Xena with pants, and I don't know why. <laughs> at all. All right. So I'm pretty sure Xena wore pants. Okay. I hope so. When he wasn't, if not, that would also be very Russian. Yeah, no pretty shit. much. When he wasn't the entertainment, he was a student of construction and hydraulics. And now talking about how, you know, in Soviet Russia, communism and such, the things that they had to do to you know have fun because they couldn't do certain normal everyday activities like us here in the states could. Uh, the day after their departure. The group had stalled in the town of Sedov, and while they waited for the next train to come through uh, and take them to Evedel, our bard here, he decided to take off his cap, put it on the ground, upside down, took out his mandolin, and started playing. 
And then the fucking cops, or I like to call them the no tunes goons, they uh, <laughs> they they came over and were like, "Come with us," and they fucking oh. arrested him. Okay, just because he wanted to play a fucking song. Is it because he was like getting like bat like busking? Was it like panhandling he- in a way? Yeah, is it because he was kind of like insinuating, give me money, maybe? It doesn't really state. Some I mean, it's st- fucking stupid regardless, but. Yeah, it doesn't really state. But the, the rest of the crew here just went in there and basically told him, look, you know, we're not here for long. He, he didn't mean any harm by it. We're just going up here. We'll be out of the town, yada, yada, yada. And they're just like, okay, take him. Don't let him do it again. Okay. I know. That's that's how fucked up it was at times. No tunes, guys. I like that. Why don't you pat yourself on the back, man? <laughs> Can't reach fat. <laughs> So actually, I'll, I'll read the, uh, the topic. The, I, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of a podcast. I got a job to oh, do. Yeah, that's what we're doing here. I'll actually read the diary entry on page 66 of the book here that talks about this incident. A policeman pricked up his ears. The town was all calm. No crime. No disturbances. As if it's communism. <laughs> Why it's written like that. Weird. And then you, Crivo, which is Yuri Krepashenko, started to sing. He was caught and taken away in no time. A sergeant reminded Comrade Krivonoschenko that Article 2.3 of Internal Order at Railway Stations prohibits disturbing other passengers. It's the first station where songs are legal and the first one where we didn't sing. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. So now the last of our three Yuris here is Yuri Yudin. He is the sole survivor. Yudin would oversee the medical kit. He was a student of geology and unfortunately had suffered a life full of medical problems. He had rheumatism. He had a heart condition. He had severe chronic back pain, knee pain, leg pain, you name it. Hiking, though, had restored some of his vitality in life, and it seemed only fitting for someone with the medical issues to take care of the medical kit. That's kind of sad. A little bit. They're like, here you go. A little bit. <laughs> uh, Yudin actually uh, passed away in 2013 at the age of 75, shortly after Donnie Eicher actually mm. interviewed him in 2012. Mm-hmm. He had requested to be buried in Yekaterinburg, where his hiking group, or better yet, his friends, uh, were all laid to rest. Oh, and that's he cool. was reunited at last. Next up is Alexander Kolevatov. A young man with an imposing physical presence, a very big, sturdy, healthy man. He studied nuclear physics and was an incredibly private person. And I'm not to bring, not trying to bring that up for any conspiracy theorists out there. It's just he liked to keep to himself. And I'm just trying to paint a picture of everyone that was involved. Just introverted. Yeah, we have friends like that. So yeah, I mean, he, I'm very he, introverted. Sure, he had a diary for himself, I believe, and he didn't really care to share it. Yeah. Probably just said, I'm going to kill him all. I'm going to kill him all. I'm going to kill him all. <laughs> Next is Rustem Slobodin, or Rustik, as they would like to call him. I love Russian names. I know. Yeah. He and was... you have Joe and Bill. <laughs> Keith. And Matt. Keith. Yeah, these are good. You Kevin. These are ancient you, names, all right? You, you could have had a really cool name that we learned on one of our episodes on the other podcast, but your parents chose differently. Yeah, I could have been Zenith. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If I was a boy, I think I was going to be Dakota as a boy. It's got a little bit of flair to it. Yeah, it's a cute name. Yeah, I mean, it beats Matt. Or Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so, here. he was the group's uh, quote-unquote rich kid. Mm. 
He was the son. Now. Yeah. Be- be- before, I'm like, mm. I know, I know. Before, though, he was the son of affluent university professors and had already earned a degree in mechanical engineering. Now, although we might believe he was your typical snotty, bratty, punk ass little bitch. Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson. He was actually unpretentious and as friendly as re- and respected as they come. Nice. Also, Flash Thompson from the MCU. We're not calling out a friend that we know. <laughs> Before anybody that doesn't know the MCU is just like, wow, they're really dicks to that guy. <laughs> Next on our list is Nikolai Thibault Brignols. I love that name. Nikolai? Nikolai oh, I, I do love too. that name. Uh, you might have noticed some French in there. Maybe not, because I absolutely suck. I'm sorry, say it again. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Nikolai Thibault Brignols. Mm, is yeah, that sounds a little French. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. It's like the bow, like the yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love when something's just like Thibo, but it's T H I B A U L T. That's like, a whole nother English lesson when they're like, just sound it out, kids. Oh, it's like Thibodeau. Like, and okay, knife doesn't look work. at look at that elephant. name, and it's just like, yeah, elephant, yeah. elephant, <laughs> yeah. So you might have noticed some French in there for our boy Kolya here, which is his nickname, Kolya. Uh, he was the great-grandson of a French immigrant and actually had earned a degree in industrial civil construction. Though serious and exceedingly well-read, he looked for the humor in every situation. It was like me. Yeah, he, well, well now I don't want to say this because I'm comparing you to this, but I was going to say he's kind of like the Chandler of a group, like from Friends. Like oh, he looked for the humor okay. in every situation. But he made it I'm also, so sorry. I didn't watch Friends, He so also I don't know. made everything really awkward and had awful timing and really was not funny. Like he was funny because he oh, wasn't he was funny. funny. No, he is funny, but it's because he's not funny. Oh, uh, I get you, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's not the best picture he to paint here hard. for Nikolai. You know, God rest your soul. I am so sorry for turning over in your grave because I said this. No, just, no, I feel bad. He just had a good sense of humor. <laughs> uh, part of the group's humor collectively would go as far as when they boarded the train for departure. They had bought fewer tickets than what they needed because it's presumed, you know, they're all typical college kids. Maybe they don't have it that much money. Maybe mm-hmm. they're struggling a little bit. So they actually bought fewer tickets than they needed, and they would have the smaller stature <laughs> people like Ludia, for example. She was the smallest. Hide underneath the seats. Oh, my God. Just so they could get by. So if the conductor came by and punched the tickets, you know, he'd be like, one, two, three, four, five, okay, five tickets. And be on his way. Even though now that I think about it, if he just did his damn job and looked around, this would have never happened. So it's a conductor on that train. It's his fucking fault that the Dallas Pass even happened. Listen, I want to speak to his manager. Asshole. They only get paid so much. He probably did see them. So, was like, oh, what the fuck? He probably, he, he, oh, God. Now I'm mad. I don't like this guy. Find no, out who mad. he is. Huh? No, I said, no, you're mad. Uh, now I'm even madder. <laughs> <laughs> you are madder. Ha! We're all madder. So... Yeah, they, that would actually work somehow, some way. <laughs> I guess the, I don't know if the, the conductor came by with his eyes closed. I thought you were going to say they did the classic, like, stacked one on top of each other, put a trench coat on and pretended like they would be one person. <laughs> they might as well. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going they might Or as like well. someone got in like a duffel bag. and Yeah. And then the guy at the top, like, hands him your ID and he looks and it says like five foot six as yeah. he stands eight foot nine. Yeah. And like, All right. Take a seat. <laughs> uh, so... As they boarded the train and took their seats, they would finally meet the last member of their group, Alexander Zolotelyov. Alexander, which was a nickname, he was also nicknamed Sasha, was much older than the rest of the group. How old? How much older? 37, to be exact. Igor introduced him to the rest of the group as a local hiking instructor and explained that he had accompanied Igor on hikes before. 
Igor actually had one member drop out of his party early on, Nikolai Popov. So Alexander came in at just the right, well, maybe just the wrong time. Yeah. Zolotaryov had a mouthful of metal. He uh, had tattoos, including a nice one on his right forearm that was beets. Like the food? Like the food. And I don't know why. Nice. Just beets. Nice. Why do you have have Pokemon on your arm? That's a little different. Why beets? He's passionate. Yeah, maybe maybe him and his like grandmother picked beets. However, yeah. you grow beets. They I don't had a know. Beet farm. Do they come from the ground? Are they in a tree? I don't fucking know. I'm not a farmer. They come from I the ground. They come from. They, they come I, from the ground. They come from outer space. I only know that because of the office. Because Dwight has a beet farm. Oh, that, duh. that makes sense. Duh. But yeah, maybe, maybe, there's a, maybe there's a significant. They come from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> or no, soil. Beets come from the soil. Maybe maybe there's some significant like my brain works very weird to there. Okay, I don't know. There might be. Hey, I don't know what. We all have friends with tattoos. You don't have to have a reason to get it. Why the fuck do I have a jar with lightning bugs? on You really don't. I have a fucking inhaler on my right. There you go. There you go. But hey, I have a medical issue. Okay. Okay. Don't make fun of that. I didn't. Stop. I didn't. I have a snail. Now I'm gonna get a cannoli on my left ass cheek. Oh, cannolis are good. <laughs> anyway, here Zolotelov. Oh, get it on your ankle. So when you roll your ankle, you talking. roll the cannoli. <laughs> oh, she's chock full of them. Give her oh, a raise. I'm getting paid. <laughs> you will be after the raise. Yay! <laughs> so, Mr. Zolotelov here with a mouthful of metal and tattooed beats. He was also a World War II vet. It's like a pair of beats by Dre. <laughs> yeah. He had gone to Leningrad Military Engineering University and later transferred to Mink Institute of Physical Education. Now, who, show of hands, who here wants to know Alexander's Hmm. or Sasha's real name? Not how you pronounce it, Matthew. Just how it's spelled. Remember. Um, Okay, well, (laughs) in Russia... I didn't raise my hand. I know, no one did. So that just means we all want to hear it. I guess I just I knew just Matt, I, I knew Matt would make a joke about this. <laughs> I had to. So in Ru- in Russia, his name is spelled like S E Y M O N or so, like Simeon or so, like that. However, oh, when you bring it over to the states, <laughs> it gets uh, changed it, a little bit to S E M. Yeah, oh, semen. As soon as I read it, semen. I was just like, God damn, Matt's going to make a joke about it. Semen. Can get it out now. Semen, like semen? Semen. Just, just, just get it out so we can Just continue. rub one out, Matt. Semen. Yep, that's it. Actually, I do want to say. Um, semen Zolotaryov. Semen. Yeah. Semen. It's a good thing he didn't grow up in like today's semen. like America because, God, <laughs> he would be going yes. by a nickname. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, because we talked about him being a uh, World War II veteran. Yeah. His... Like the the Russian army and like the group that he was a part of, like there was like a thirty percent chance of like them surviving, like the operations that yeah. they did. So like he was a fucking hard ass. Yeah, whatever he did, whatever they were like, okay, you go with them and you go out and like I think you have to like secure areas. Yeah, for whatever I don't know if it's for drops, if it was for a camp or or what it was, but you have to secure an area. His type of duty yeah saw like an 80 85 percent mortality rate they didn't expect you to come back from it and he didn't have one 
or two, but like four medals of doing that. So people yeah. were just like, holy shit. And, and two you metal, can't kill him. And two, no. two medals was like well, you can. top yeah. tier for them. But like two, like most people like would have like two medals, but like that was it. Mm. So he was like one of few that had the four. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the Russian military, I mean, they were very notorious for just sending wave after wave after wave. I mean, watched at the beginning of Enemy, the movie Enemy at the Gates kind of captures that really well where they would like send waves and the people behind them don't even have guns. They just pick up the gun for the person that mm. dies in front of them. Oh, like, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, oh. this guy was was uh, a badass, to say the least. Like Rambo. Yeah, sure. So I touched on quite a bit when it comes to describing every person involved in the Yellow Pass. But I do not do the book justice. There are many, many more accounts of the purity, the friendship, this, the beautiful humanity that these people showed. And it, it makes this case that much more terrible because like you started to kind of like put at least i did like i started like being like okay this person reminds me of this friend like you started to like realize that like wow you know these people meant had families Mm -hmm. they're people yeah (laughs) what (laughs) they're not pieces of shit wow so like it just sad so me while i was reading this book (laughs) me matthew me myself me matt me Matt. Me Matt. Read book. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> it had uh, pictures. It does. That's a lot. Um, you're right, Josh. Like while I was reading this book, I mean, I really almost felt like connected with this group because it went on for so long describing them, and it's just you get to know them. Welcome it's to contagious. reading and discovering character development. Well, yeah. yeah, but like in a book like this, I mean, you don't see shit hardly in any other book I have written over there like I this. I know, but for someone like you who one doesn't read a lot and when you do read you only read nonfiction. Like well, I am such like a nonfiction <clears throat> only reader and I get extremely emotionally invested in every story. Every show I watch, I am like in love with the people that I'm See, the character. You'll like this book. Yeah. You'll love that book. Like this book kind of had the same effect that the, uh, I think it's like, Oh, like the indifferent star above the book about the, uh, Donner party, because it's the same situation mm-hmm. when you get, you get kind of attached to like, certain people and like even though you know the ending you're like man i hope this person makes it out mm-hmm. yeah that's true that's very true that's exactly how i felt throughout this book um but to branch off a little bit more about their uh humanity and their personalities at one part of their trip uh, they arrived i almost think the the area was called sector 41 because in the book, they reference a school, and it's called like School Forty One. And then they, yep. uh, he also mentions a like wood cutting settlement, and it's like Settlement Forty One. So I wonder, I don't know anything about this. So if anyone wants to correct me, send an email to the Father's Pages Podcast, give me a com. But I didn't know if it was like Sector Forty One, and Sector Forty One had its school and grocery store and council and shit like that. But it was referred to like Grocery Store Forty One and whatnot. I'm not entirely sure. But in the book, it's referenced as School 41. And what happened is they were kind of like just looking for a place to stay, I think, for the night or maybe at least something to do. So they walked into the school and how the school uh, system here works. The first half of your day is like any other school day. You're taught your math and your history and your English and, and anything like that. Or you're Russian. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, Russian. Um, so the second half of your day was actually people would come in and they would talk about 
what they do, like their, their professions and whatnot. I mean, we and had that in school too. That's the thing. We but did not have that in like school, and I can't as a remember. structured part of yeah. every day of school. True. I can't remember what the hell it was called. My dad actually was came in and, and talked about being an automobile oh, mechanic, and he, um, had, he brought in my go kart, and I could not drive it around the hallways. I was. Yeah, I forget what it was called, but it was like. Um, yeah, like your parents would come in and pretty much do like, like show and tell, but your parents come yeah, in. Yeah, I can't remember I, I can't either. That's going to bug the shit out of but me. But they fell into this, like meaning to, and they actually talked to a bunch of kids and they were. Career day. And they're, yes, career day. Woo! <laughs> so I kept fucking wanting to say, like, like job fair. Yeah. But I'm God like, that damn. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, career day. So yeah, they've been talking to these kids about hiking and mountaineering and exploring, and they actually these kids got incredibly attached. I think they played music. What they, they played too. music. Uh, Seaman, he sang some songs. I'm not sure what they were about, but he did. Seaman, <laughs> damn it, or Semian. respect the dead, damn it. <sighs> hey, they all like to joke and laugh. I'm joking and laughing. He would love it. <laughs> yeah. But he would sing songs. Uh, I believe Yuri would uh, break out that mandolin and start playing some Eruption by Van Halen, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the kids really felt attached. They actually really became attached to Xena for whatever reason. Um, and because she was pretty, they were <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Um, and they were like, hey, don't go like stay with us. Like we really like you guys. But of course, they had That's to say sad. their goodbyes and leave. The saddest part. God, this fuck this after all this happened and news of the Dotlov Pass group reached Russia wide, Mm -hmm. uh, that group of kids mailed the survivor, Yurdy, like, where are our friends? Mm. Like what happened to him? And Mm -hmm. he he didn't have the heart to write back. Yeah, I mean, because what do you say? Like I I don't know. It's fuck it. Yeah, when I first read that, I was just like, fuck. Yeah, that was that was a pretty like moment for me reading this book yeah so that was just another heartfelt moment that this group did um and, and i mean they they met with a whole bunch of they were popular wherever they went i mean people just loved them no matter what and they remembered them too when they were asked about them you know prior to them being you know found dead you know <clears throat> do you know uh, this person passed by this person passed through yada yada, yada. And they're like, oh yeah 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 i know exactly who you're talking about they were very much a group of like intrepid adventurers. They they basically were a D&D group. I was going to say yeah. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want to like pin a certain class in all of them. I got the bar with mm-hmm. Yuri Kovacenko, whatever his name is. Igor, the leader. I don't know what it would like be. A fucking, yeah, some tank. I don't um, know what it would be like a dragon barn. Or, well, that's not a class, but. I forget which which one uh, was it that got shot. Was it Xena? The girl, yeah. Or, or, or one L- of the girls. L- one of the girls. Ludia, yeah. I think. I feel like she's a paladin. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so why would these fantastic people do such a thing? Well, one, besides, you know, their love for hiking and exploring or whatever you would like to call it, they were, as Josh said at the top of the show, basically they're grade two hikers seeking to become grade three hikers. Now, anyone scratching their head or right, raising an eyebrow wondering what the hell that is, grade three is basically the best of the best. You become a master of sport when you do this. How do you get officially that title? Well, let me tell you. It's like, to put it into like an American perspective, it's like becoming an, an Olympic Olympian. level athlete. Yeah. So grade three, in order to reach that, you have to travel at least 186 miles for your trip. So let's Fuck. say your trip is 186 miles. Half of that, about 63 miles, or excuse me, well, no, sorry, like a third of that, 62 
so miles of it has to be done in difficult terrain. How many miles did you say? 62. No, I like uh, the whole 100, 100. Uh, at least 186 miles. Okay. So we go with 186, a third of that has to be done in difficult terrain. The expedition needs to last a minimum of 16 days with half of those days being in uninhabited territory. Not uninhabitable mm-hmm. territory, but just no one's around. It just sounds like you're out there to get some major alone time. So who's like keeping track of this in order to like prove that, that this happened? That is why they have the cameras and all the pictures and the diary the for documentation because you have to that. keep track of that shit and present it later. Yeah, But couldn't anyone like forge these things? Well, I mean, it, de- it depends unless there's certain regulations or so of like, like what exactly they need to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you have to go through a, a whole, you know, rick and roll pro- uh, process to be allowed to do something like this, which I'm sure someone would be aware of and know mm-hmm. that you probably are. Kind of like Guinness World Record. This, you have to like get in touch with yeah. the people that are in charge of. Yeah. To, to let them know you're, yeah. you're doing this enormous undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, uh, the camera and <laughs> the diary for taking notes of what was going on. Uh, Josh, you might even said this too, but one thing is setting up a tent properly. So they know it met regulations of a mm-hmm. hiking group. That's one thing that, uh, that they would look at in order for you to become, well, not necessarily become grade three, but just know that you're doing your uh, 101 things to be to become a hiker. I was also just kind of look, looking from like he, like that, like their miles. It would be like if we walked from here to Louisville and still had like 40 miles left of the journey. Woo. Just to kind of give some perspective to us yeah, here in crazy. Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they took this very seriously. So seriously, in fact, that they did not drink any alcohol the whole trip. They were like, no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah, they, I feel like that's a general rule. Like a lot of outdoorsmen have, like you shouldn't go just even on a you know brief hike yeah. drinking. Yeah, Definitely they, don't go hunting and drinking, please. Yeah, no, God. Don't go fishing don't. and drinking. The only alcohol they had was medical yep. for mm-hmm, medical purposes, right. which I'm sure some people out there be like, well, I didn't shit face. It's pretty medical for me. But uh, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the journey by train and bus were thousands of miles, uh, and while not as lengthy as that, the traveling by foot part of this, where the actual Dyatlov Pass incident happened, was over 300 miles that they would have to trek. I'm pretty sure from Cincinnati to Cleveland's like two, yeah, eight, like that's what I was just kind of doing in my head. Miles. So that, yeah, that's it's what like I was just kind of thinking in my state, head. Dude, yeah. God. All right, so let's get to the timeline of timeline, excuse me, of these events. It is time to set off. January 23rd, 1959, the journey begins. Yeah, from here to Cleveland, 244 miles. That's insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can go up to Michigan then. Yeah. So they boarded a train in the city of Svedlovsk and departed for set-off at 9.05 p.m. On this train, they would run into a gentleman by the name of Yuri Blinov, a fellow hiking friend of Igor's. He was well aware of who Igor was, and he actually showed some admiration for the guy. Everyone seemed to know who Igor was. Uh, but yeah, that's that's our fourth Yuri here. I feel like I'm like watching Black Widow with all these names. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> January 24th, 1959. The group arrives and set off at 7.39 a.m. And this is where they would meet with the kids of School 41. In the evening, they would hop on a train and arrive to their next destination, Evedel, around midnight. January 25th, 1959, the hikers board a 6 a.m. bus to Vichy and arrive around 2 p.m. God, an eight-hour fucking 
bus ride. Oh my god, an eight-hour bus ride. Ugh. And those buses That's probably gross. had shit suspension, yeah. so you're just fucking bouncing the entire time. And yeah. shit. Yeah. The director of the free workers camp in that area actually gave them some luxurious accommodations for their travels, you know, just to chill out. Nice. Um, here at Vichay would be the last outpost that ever saw the hikers. This was it. No civilization was beyond this point. And I, I mean, civilizations. Civilization? Kind of a, it's kind you said of a, civil. You said civ- civilization. I said something else. Civilization is what you just said. But I meant civilization. But that's kind of a loose term because, right. I mean, you have like the Mansi people and whatnot yeah. out there. Uh, but I guess I'm more referring to like. Like bigger like cities. cities and, and towns yeah. and such. Civilization. January 26th, so, 1959. The song I thought Matt would catch on to because mm. it's no from idea. Fallout. No idea. I tried it. I tried to just. Oh. What? It's in Fallout, the song. I can't remember that. What game? What game? Well, three and then New Vegas. But ah, see, I didn't play New Vegas enough, and that's well, my, I mean, it's my all, game bug. But I can't remember is, three. It is. Anyway, no, I feel bad. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> January 26th, <laughs> 1959. While they waited for their next means of transportation, the hikers meet the town Forester and travel by truck to a remote woodcutting settlement in Sector 41, arriving at 4.30 p.m. And they actually spend the night with the locals, and they party it up. They sing and they fucking and they song and, and the, whole, the whole fucking thing because everybody loved them. I feel like woodcutters know how to party too. <laughs> you, you just, it's weird. I feel like they know how to party, but what kind of party would that be? A lot of fucking drinking. A lot of wood. A lot of flannel. A lot of Spl- flannel and a lot of, a lot of a lot of beard. Yeah. You, you would fit perfectly, Josh. <laughs> you would. January twenty seventh, nineteen fifty nine. Around 4 p.m., they meet a man with a horse and a cart. Okay. I would love to meet a man with this a horse and a cart. This sounds like a video game side quest. <laughs> it does. This sounds like the beginning of Skyrim. Uh-huh. Yes, literally. <laughs> oh, oh, you're awake. Oh, good. You're awake. <laughs> They're like, no. <laughs> um, and they negotiated with him to help them carry their packs for the next leg of their journey. And even though they had none of their equipment on them, just their clothes and their, and their skis to hike through the snow, it still took them seven hours to travel along the frozen Lazva River. Uh, well, yeah, that's, a, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it, took okay. them, it took them seven hours. That's the other thing we have to put into perspective talking about, like, just us here in Cincinnati walking to Cleveland alone sucks. They're yeah. walking through the snow and terrain. Yeah, and it's so fucking cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I uh, I can't deal with it when I'm at work. Dude, I walk so to my car in the morning. I'm like, fuck, 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 yeah, fuck, fuck, uh, this sucks. We unload trucks in the winter and it's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what show it was, but I think there's a scene where they like, uh, they being like some mobster type of group, and I think they drop off some Russian in his underwear in like the middle of the woods <laughs> in winter. Yes, and, and he's it like, was okay. Sopranos. Yeah, I think it was the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, and and then the guy's like, okay, this is normal. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's like, why they drink vodka to keep to themselves, keep themselves warm. Yeah. Yeah. We all know. Uh-huh. I mean, we joke about it, but it is. It's, it yeah, it, does it's help. A thing. It actually helps. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it still took them seven hours to ski hike along the frozen Lazva River, even without their equipment. Now, referred to some as an abandoned geological site, the next location they reached was actually an abandoned, infamous Russian gulag. The fuck's a gulag? Anyone out there that doesn't know what a gulag is? It is a forced labor camp oh. uh, for criminals. 
Oh. It was not a good place. No, and a lot of innocent, a lot of innocent people got put in the gulag. I was going to say kind of like and private prisons, like th- oh yeah, yeah. totally a criminal. Yeah, yeah and exactly. I think, uh, was it Stalin who put a bunch of his like political like competitors and uh, I say competitors right. in a dumbass it's term threw like in there. Yeah, opponents. Yeah, kind of like uh, Guant- Guantanamo Bay in a way. Yeah, yeah, it was not a good place. Uh, but they found an intact abandoned building. Well, abandoned a lot. They found an intact abandoned building where they would set up camp for the night, and it's here where our only survivor, Yuri Yudin, uh, would wake up the next morning and go his separate way because his chronic pain. He had been... How uh, could you imagine making it that far, though, already and then having to decide to... Well, there's a couple parts to it. Back. He was a geologist, so it's assumed that he really wanted to see this geological site all right mm-hmm. um and i think he was even collecting certain things along the way maybe he got like to where he wanted to go and was like all right it could have been uh but yeah it, it was at this point where the cold affected his legs and his knees and his back with severe pain too much for him to handle and he was like you know what i'm out and they were cool with it i mean it wasn't mm-hmm. like any of them were hurt there's pictures well, yeah what them. do you expect a man to do keep yeah. going for yeah exactly you know but yeah just for the record no one was hurt but well i mean he was hurt but hurt uh, but no one was, yeah, there we go. No one was butt hurt by this. They were glad that he came along as much as he did. They hope he had a safe travel back, and, and he did. And I, I will say, too, it is important. If it wasn't for him, who knows how long it would have been. To for, find them. Yeah, because, like, he was, like, because, like, when they first, usually there's, like, a two- to three-day gap that they kind of, like, they they knew they were expected to be here, and the people that were there knew that they were supposed to get there. There's like a three way, like three day gap or whatever they usually get. But he was the first one, like one of the few that was just like, you know, they should be back by now. So now, but what if if he did continue, well, would they have lived? Because then there would have been ten. And the aren't the stories about nine people? We'll never fucking know. As I'm saying, if he kept <laughs> going, maybe that would have been the key to their survival. Because then there would have been ten, and not relive the nine that repeats throughout history. Now you're putting a lot on his. I'm just saying. Already. I'm just, it's just a theory. (laughs) It is a theory. A game theory. It was fate. I'm not sure about what you're saying because I bring up some things later that almost make it seem like Yuri didn't know certain aspects of the story. There's a lot of fucking names. I might be getting one of them mixed (laughs) up. Yeah, there is a lot of names. There's four Yuris here. Yeah, (laughs) I might be getting one of them mixed up. Um, But yeah, he went his his separate way. He was out of the picture now. And now we took our, our 10 people down to nine. I am getting them mixed up. Never mind. So January 29th, 1959, the group continues forward, still traveling along the Lazar River, and eventually set up camp near the Aspelia River. January 30th, 1959, the Dyatlov hikers keep trekking as deep snow now begins to uh, make the hike even more difficult. And this is like fucking feet of snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get annoyed walking in like... <laughs> I get... A, walking in a puddle, I'm pissed. I walk in like six inches of snow and I'm like, this fucking sucks. Oh my mm-hmm. God, just walking on dry pavement, it makes me mad, so fuck. Yeah. I, I just wake up and I'm pissed, so... Walking <laughs> sucks. Being alive sucks. <laughs> <laughs> February 1st, 1959. Oh boy. In the first half of the day, the hikers construct a shelter to house some supplies to lighten their load as they prepare to take their trip up Otorton Mountain. And that's a common tactic that hikers do, mm-hmm. especially when they have things that they don't necessarily need, like a mandolin. Mm-hmm. You know, they put that stuff behind. So they were taking their trip up to a Torton Mountain, and they were going to be arriving at what would become Dialov's Pass around 3 p.m. 
Now, it's actually getting dark. The sun sets around 5 p.m. at this time. So they decide to set up tent uh, on the eastern slope of the Halako... I don't know how you pronounce that. Halako Mountain. Just sounds like a bunch of phlegm. <laughs> Mountain. At an altitude of 1,059 meters, or 3,540 feet. Now, Halako actually has a transliteration in Russian a here. A transliteration? Mm-hmm. Is that like really what it says? Yes. It's a transliteration in Russian uh, that is Kolatsekyo. Never heard that word. And that right here, folks, Kolatsekyo, is what means dead mountain. Hmm. It is from the Mansi people. And, of course, <clears throat> that's the title of our book here. And some people probably like, oh, dead mountain. Why the fuck would you go in the first place? I mean, that's pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. Well, the Monty people. Why the fuck do people want to go to a place called Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we like weird shit. <laughs> uh, but what the Monty people mean by dead mountain is not that people just die up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could look at it in a way when I tell this. It always means desolate and stuff, right? It means right? Like there's no in. game to hunt. Yeah. Mm. But I guess in a way, if you were to go up there and hunt, you could die because you, you don't, don't have, have any food. food. <laughs> and all the legends just and keep the eating lore snow. that are along that way. In the Yeti? Yeah. <laughs> it's just not a very habitable landscape. It is not. And that is just part of their trek that they need to right. do to make grade three. I remember you saying that. Good job. Thank you. So, and then sometime in the night of February 1st, <laughs> our nine hikers would all share the same horrifying experience that sealed their fate, leading them to shake hands with death itself. And some of them probably had worth, worse, mm-hmm. worse fate yeah, than others. Yeah, it was worth it. It was worth it. Now, worse fate than others, because some of them... Some of their injuries were pretty, uh... I would just hope that it was, uh, like, one of those situations where it seems horrific, but hopefully it was, like, either fast or, like, nope. maybe they were so cold or, like, like you know, because sometimes <clears throat> your body can go through something very traumatic and, like, you don't feel the pain yes. exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, nobody yeah. in this group seemed to have had a really good time from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. And whether the incident came before they died, not entirely sure on all of them. Mm-hmm. And not entirely sure exactly what killed them. Yeah, because um, a lot. I think like in the investigation, a lot of them had different states of decay, which means mm-hmm. they've died at different times. Right. So it wasn't just like they all got wiped out at one thing. And a lot of the bodies are some like miles away from camp and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of weird. I would want to be the one that died first. Just put me out of my misery first. Just this mm-hmm. is why I'm not a survivalist. If I like was in a zombie apocalypse, I would just be like. I'm out right now. Just end it. <laughs> Eat me. Come on, girl. You need some spunk. It's not worth the struggle. Just take me out. Uh, <laughs> if only you had that big physical, uh, intimidating, whatever guy that is in this group. He could he could teach you a thing or two. Mm, okay. Or the World War II vet. First, you need to get a tattoo of beats. I would. On, on right, a right forearm. Okay. I literally would. I don't care. <laughs> Strong. I'm pretty open. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm I'm going to get a little bit into the uh, the timeline of events that evolved the investigation. I won't hit too much into the investigation. That will be part two, as part well two. as a lot of the circumstances about their death and build a that lot, mystery. Yeah, a well, lot like, of the theories we will explain in part two, which the fun will, stuff. The fun stuff will be part two. Uh, pretty much up like this is. The part of the story that we know for sure. 
What the fuck am I here for? I'm here for the yeah, cool shit. That, that's a good way to put it. This episode is more the backstory. so of, well, the backstory, but the facts the of data. what we do know. The historical data. Because yes. yeah, next, actual occurrence. Because yes, next episode where disc. we yes. touch on everything from aliens to little ice dwarfs to <sighs> tiny tornadoes. That was snow. It's the last sound they heard. Or maybe it's the Yeti. Who knows? Maybe it was Yeti. Maybe he made a, a noise like like this. What's that one titled? Imagine that was snort again. Have we heard them all yet? Imagine no. if no. Imagine if that's what they heard outside their tent. Fuck that. <sighs> Be like, someone stop fapping. God, go back to bed. <laughs> he he might have roared. Is what it sounds like. Sounds like a snore. Might, might have heard that, or maybe he just howled in the distance. That sounds like Chewbacca. That's. Literally trying to push a log out, <laughs> like without a doubt. That is or what that in. is. Say, that, what? That could be more painful. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Huh? <laughs> what just happened? What did you say? Pushing a log out, like, and I said, oh. yeah, and I said, or oh, pushing one in, because that just sounds that sounded horrifically painful. It was a joke. I know. Something I going so in your con- butt would feel worse than it coming out. Maybe he put a turn Some back in his butt. Some people like stuff wanted- in their butt. Maybe he yeah, put a tur- but you could, uh, could imagine that'd be painful at first. Maybe he put a turn back in his butt because he didn't want people to find out where he was at. That's what he I'm was saying. covering could his you tracks. Imagine- yes. Oh, yeah. Putting something in your ass is going to be painful. That's, yeah, like South Park. You put food in your bad. butt and you shit out your mouth. You got to do. What, prepar- like a, for a meal? No, you have to get a fucking... Um, enema. An enema. Oh, that was what you were really going to say. Yeah. Kidding. Uh. <laughs> kind of feel smart, kind of don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. The investigation here. Now we'll get into some of the events that unfold once people start to take notice that their beloved absentees are, are absent. Absent. <laughs> February 12th, 1959. When they were starting out their trip, Igor had said to the group that they would arrive back to Vishne, or Vishne, however you say that town, on the 12th or the 13th, around there. However, during their hike, they had gotten a tad off course at one point, which put them back about two to three days, which is not necessarily uncommon. I mean, it's it's hard to really, like, stay true to your plan mm-hmm. when you do a, a ridiculous... Shit like this. Yeah, when you do, quote-unquote, shit like this. Yeah, it's not like getting off course like the fucking Donner Party did that put them, like, an entire month behind and they just completely fucked themselves. Or like GPS yeah. and you get We need to do the Donner turn. Party at some point, because that case is fucked up, too. Talking about a reindeer? kind of... No. Why am they, I laughing? They wish they had reindeer. Mm, okay. No shit. Because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The Downey Party is the uh, <laughs> pretty much the like. Where was that? It was out west because it was like part of like the Oregon Trail and all that shit. Out like, west that, doesn't mean anything to me. That what the fuck? Time period. I'm thinking of something completely different. I am so stupid. Okay, so we're on the same page as being stupid. But I know cool. what he's talking about now. But no, the Downey Party is like the wagon train that got super off course, got stuck in the snow, and. A lot of them went crazy. They had to resort to cannibalism and all that. Nope. Mostly yeah. done by one guy going, no, nah, no, nah, I know where to go. Don't worry. I don't need yep. a map. A typical man just refusing a, a, to stop yeah, for directions. A typical yeah. father figure going, I don't need a map. Yep. Don't touch the fucking thermostat when I'm gone. Oh, yep. they wish they touched the thermostat. And this, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was the sun at this point because they needed to melt that snow. And not yeah, that. that whole case is fucked up. Oh, and it's we ridiculous. And the, the book the, that's about it, the, I think, like I said, I think it's titled The Indifferent Stars Above is really good. Okay, so... Yeah, you just picked your nose. Matt's a nose picker. I'm nose <laughs> picker. I saw, no, because he went like this. I went, like, I went like this. You did the flick. You, you, you did the flick. I just do that. You picked, he picked I, this I nose. I also do that when 
when I walk. Yeah, I got a boogie on my finger and I, I mean, can't flick it off. That's fine. Bum, 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 bum. Just don't lie about it. I mean, if you're a nose picker, just say you're a nose picker. Be I'm proud. a nose picker. Okay, be proud. But that's not, I didn't just do that, though. Okay. Your septum screw could fix it. <laughs> see, I like see? it crooked. It makes a lot. All this fucking panic just got <laughs> That's me why I don't like to do open-ended ones. Got my tiny... I'm anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Nose picker. It got me to be of course. Okay. So they were two to three days behind. Not necessarily a rare occasion. It happens. Okay, okay. Someone especially, probably stopped to pick their nose. Especially a trip of this magnitude. No weather could affect it. Maybe a giant flying atomic bison flew out of the woods. I don't mm-hmm. know what can scare you. Big boogers. Big Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I haven't really made fun of you. Oh my all day, god, so. oh my god. I'm gonna write my will because I want to taste Wait, the we bullet actually do need now. To, we do actually need to write our hey, will. That's hey, a thing hey, we need to do. Suicide jokes. Too late. <laughs> it's already in there. Well, let's write our will and we'll get that taken care of. So this was when <laughs> Yuri was still with the group. So he knew that they would be a few days behind. Mm-hmm. Um so if anyone actually came up to Yuri, if they knew that he was back from the group. And then noticed that they weren't back by February 12th. And someone came strolling in, knocking on his door like, hey, just, you know, who under where they're at? Yuri could tell him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a couple of days behind. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Slam the door. Uh, didn't really seem like a big deal. Now, February 15th, when those few days came, still no sign of the Diatlov group. People unaware of the group's delay really started to worry. Mm-hmm. February 16th, 1959, Rufina. Igor's sister alerts the school administration that the Dyatlov group has not returned, and no one has heard from them for over two weeks now. Oh my god! But they do nothing. They were just—they literally probably out. thought they're just late. They're just late. It's, ah, yeah, you know. During the next couple of days, family members, friends, even some university staff, really now are starting to worry mm-hmm. about the Dyatlov group. Some beginning to think that uh, maybe. Just maybe something terrible has happened. Mm. A search plan was requested, but the university refused it. What the fuck? <laughs> I guess why? better late than never, right? UPI or UFU, whatever the fuck you are now. Yeah, yeah. UFU. Yeah, UFU. <laughs> February 19th, 1959, a telegram from Vichy, that remote town, mm. uh, was sent to the university in response to UPI's telegram sent to Vichy asking about the hikers. Like, hey, with that. You know? Yeah, you kids remember telegrams? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like, hey, bro, what's going on? Hope it's not too cold out there. <laughs> Just kidding. XD. What? Yeah, XD bar. <laughs> what's up? By the way. ET dub. Kind of looking for some people. <laughs> Just wondering if you knew where they're at. You know, no big deal. They informed the administration that the Dyatlov group has not arrived. Colonel Georgi Ortykov at UPI begins assembling a rescue team to look for the missing hikers. And the fourth... Yuri, Yuri Blinov, the hiking friend that they met on the train, was the first among the first, excuse me, to join the party, the rescue effort. Or I guess at this point, just the search party. Mm -hmm. February 20th, 1959, a formal search begins. Yuri Blinov and president of the sports club at UPI, Lev Goro, which might be the most easily pronounced name, actually, (laughs) fly by helicopter to Evedel. And from there, take a surveillance plane to search for the missing hikers, but must turn back eventually due to bad weather. Yuri Yudin, when he left the group, he had traveled back to, oh boy. You can do it. Emelia Shveka. Maybe not. Emelia Shveka? Why didn't you just type all these into Google and then have her say them? You should have did that this for every single... German word this whole time. German, German word. Oh, sorry, Russian. What? Sorry. The f- have you looked? 
I've been not paying attention. Right, I gotta scroll back up the top. Doing it again. <laughs> From the top. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so when he left the group, he had traveled back there. That was his hometown. He traveled mm-hmm. back there and seen what's going on. It was now the 20th of February when he had arrived back to Sverdlovsk, and he was notified that his friends were still missing. Which, I don't know. I'd almost think if you are thinking, well, they're supposed to be back on the 12th. They're a few days behind, maybe the the 15th at the latest. Maybe I'll go out there on the 15th to see how they're doing because I kind of want to know what my friends are doing when they traveled 300 miles in the Siberian taiga. I mean, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. know. I'm not not Yuri. It would be this day when the Evedell's prosecutor's office ordered a criminal investigation into the case of the missing Dyatlov hikers. February 21st, 1959, Vasily Tempelov, an Evedale prosecutor, is assigned to lead the investigation. Also on the 21st, Yuri Blinov and Lev Gordo fly to the Mansi village of Batyarova and receive information that the hikers came through here within the last month and they were given tea. Finally, they have some sort of starting point to begin searching. Finally. And I mean, we, you know, we talk about how like, you know, they're a little late to the investigation, but I mean, we see that here today. I mean, like the missing 411 cases, so many of the national park people go missing and sometimes it's just not taken seriously and they're just like, oh, they'll be back at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really don't understand the absence of necessity there to look into something like that. I mean, I can understand giving forth your effort, and then if you don't come up with something within a month or whatever your time limit is. It's just people, time, money, resources. It's our tax-paying money. I know, but when you you look at it as like a statistic of like so many missing people's reports are, you know, the people turn up within the next whatever hour. They're probably like, oh, we'll give it. In X like, amount of time. You know, true crime fans, they'll understand this too because there's so many, especially like when you listen to cases or read up cases about like serial killers, especially like when it becomes like from teenagers, when like the parents report them missing, the cops are like, oh, they're just teenagers. Exactly. They're probably yeah. just running away, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And the parents are like, no, Literally. I'm pretty sure that's not my, uh, like my kids. They'll but- come around. They're with a the friend or. Hey, can you tap into that like $780 billion uh, military budget? Take a little bit, maybe, I don't know, get a nice helicopter. They'll be like, well, we can't just just go looking after every single report. Mm. That's impossible. What are you here for? I know. Yeah. That's that's a story for another time. Yep. (laughs) That's another conversation. Yeah. Anyway, hikers came through and they were given some tea. Hell yeah. Nice. I could tea. go for some tea. I was gonna say tea sounds really I nice. Right now. That sounds nice. I want some taro boba. Well, taro with crystal boba. That's my fave. What if one of them was like a tea leaf reader? Maybe they could have found out. They could have found, found out who it was. Mm-hmm. Or who it was, where they were. That'd mm. be cool. February 22nd, 1959. Another search party headed by a UPI student, Boris Slubstuff. I don't know why that name is funny to me. <laughs> it's weird Slubstuff? seeing something funny but not laughing. Slubstuff? Slobstuff. Oh, yeah. Like slobs off. <laughs> <laughs> Boris Slobs. I call him that. Okay. Uh, flies to Evedale to uh, aid in, his, in the search as well. And actually found something out right before I started this podcast episode here. That within those first couple days of the search effort, some of the Mansi hunters actually found ski tracks. Um, uh, some like 55 kilometers from the nearby Mansi village of Sietvitpol. Uh, and these might be the tracks that led a helicopter to discover them later and inform Yuri uh, Blinov. Mm-hmm. February 23rd, 1959, the search parties continue to search, but nothing is found. 
February 24, 1959, Boris Slob's search party surveys the Lazra Valley and the Aspelia River, where the Dyatlov group had traveled and set up camp. Now, there's an escalation in search efforts from friends and family and local officials at this point. A mountaineering expert, Yevgeny Maslenikov, joins as well. He was a chief mechanical engineer at the local Verkhetsky Metal Mill, one of the best backcountry skiers and the person who personally signed off on Igor's proposed course into the northern Yurtles. February 25th, 1959, a search helicopter picks up ski tracks around the Aspelia River. Granted, might be due to some help from the Nancy Hunters. I believe that this was done with the help of the leaflets. Leaflets are dropped from the search plane and instructed Boris Slob's party to alter their route. I actually found something interesting when it comes to people on the ground signaling to helicopters or planes. For the searchers to relay to pilots that everything's fine, for example, two people will lie parallel in the snow. Hmm. Like an equal sign kind of? <laughs> like an equal sign, exactly. To indicate... Because I would hate that. I mean, it makes sense. That's a very easy... Gotta get down again. It's like fucking freezing cold. (laughs) (laughs) To indicate the direction that they are headed, four people will actually form the shape of an arrow pointing the direction that they're going to go in. Nice. That's pretty cool. I mean, it makes probably the most logical (laughs) sense. It totally does. (laughs) I mean, I would think maybe you could also be like, going that way. Yeah, no. Just pointing. And someone be like, okay. (sighs) I feel like that's very like... You can't fuck up misinterpreting an arrow made by four people <laughs> on the ground like a picture. Unless they have no compasses and they don't know where they're going. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. It's possible. Okay. Then February 26th, 1959. Boris Slobs and Michael Shadovin discover the Dyatlov hiker's tent. It's probably not Michael. Probably not. <laughs> it might be Mikhail. Yeah. But it's spelled just like Michael. Mikhail or something. <laughs> Uh, found the hiker's tent at an elevation on the east slope of the Hala Mountain. No member of the group was found at the site. After the two, Boris and Mikhail returned to camp. A radiogram operator, Igor Nevelin, sends the news to Ivda. And it is important to note that they found the tent and it wasn't like buried underneath snow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was it was not. And I'll touch on this again in the next episode. Uh, and one of the other kind of damning pieces of evidence towards the idea of an avalanche was they actually put one of their ski poles right in front of their tent. And there's a picture of it. It shows it. It shows one, the, them as in like one of the students? The hikers. Yeah. Okay. Not the searcher or anything, but the hikers had put one of those ski poles right in front of their tent. And a later image, not taken by the hikers, taken by someone from the search effort, that ski pole is right there in front of the tent. Hasn't moved, hasn't hasn't gone up, hasn't Mm -hmm. gone down into the snow, hasn't done anything, which probably doesn't put the the idea, the theory of an avalanche to rest. But it just shows if an avalanche did come through, wouldn't you think that Mm -hmm. thing would have at least moved? Oh, yeah. And the tent would have been just annihilated. Yeah. So now the discovery of the bodies. The following day, February 27th, 1959, 20 yards below the tent, nine sets of footprints are found leading from the tent toward the valley. The first two bodies from the Dyatlov hiking group are found. Yuri Doroshenko and Yuri Krivonoschenko are barred, are found by a cedar tree about a mile downslope from the tent. Later that day, Zina Komogorova and our leader here, Igor Dyatlov, are found. 
Dyatlov was found roughly 1,300 yards from the tent and Zina about 300 yards from Dyatlov. The search effort continues with no results until March 5th, 1959. My mother just turned five years old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when the body of Rustim Slobodin was found within the 300-yard gap between Igor and Zina. Yeah, March like, 9th through the 10th, I'm sorry. I was going to say, they pretty much, like, after they couldn't find the bodies for so long, like, more and more snow came, and mm. they pretty much had to gotcha. wait for, like, that spring thaw. Mm. Yeah, you're exactly right, which makes me believe, like, when people were reaching out to the university to help, if they would have just done it, right. God knows how long. They could have found them sooner. Yeah, they could have found them sooner and possibly even more details explaining what had happened. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's kind of like, I mean, it's sad, but them being like covered in the snow helped preserve the bodies right. too. It so it did. And I actually think that part of the non existing efforts from the school was that. One of the, maybe it wasn't the head of the hiking group, but the head of exploration or some other head of a field similar was on another trip somewhere. And they were waiting for them to get back, which, okay, I, I can kind of get behind that a little bit. I, I yeah. understand why, but still, I feel like maybe something should have been attempted. Yeah. Personally. March 9th through March 10th would be the dates that held the funerals for the first five members of the Diotlov group that were found. The search effort continues with no results until May 4th. This is that thaw you're talking about. That's the whole two months, basically, that had to happen, where the final four bodies were discovered at the bottom of a ravine, excuse me, after an excavation of snow once a Mansi searcher, Stefan Kirikov, discovered loose branches that were cut with a knife and a cache of shredded clothing. The funerals for the last four members of the Diatlov group were held on May 22nd, 1959. And that'll be it for part one. That is the end of it there. Going through who our members are, why they decided to do this, and uh, the idea, well, not the idea, but the tragic event of them perishing out there in the Siberian taiga and the uh, loose events here, uh, loosely detailed events of the investigation. And we will get much more in-depth with each of those come part two of this. Yeah, because their list of injuries are fucking re- Ridiculous. They are. They're absolutely wild. And part of the investigation and after the fall of Soviet Russia and the uh, the evidence that comes out later of what people can find is, in a sense, mind-blowing. It's kind of yeah. like, what really did happen? I mean, no, not, no theory, no one theory holds up to me. Nope. I find fault with every single one, and I find almost evidence with every single one, even UFOs. I mean, there was light orbs seen oh, around yeah. that time. They even took People a picture of what, like a weird, like, it's hard to tell in the picture, but there was like a blurry photo of them, like, taking a picture of something at night, and it's like in the sky. So, and like, there were UFO reports from other, uh, like, there were some from the Manzi tribes and some other, like, yep. uh, hunters and shit from like the, the night before and everything. So, yeah, mm. the same way. Cause I mean, I know there was that article that went like what last year, two years ago that talked about the, um, avalanche theory or whatever oh, like the yeah we covered it on tfr yeah, yeah they tried to like that. in like obviously like an avalanche could have been part of it like because in my head i could totally see like the noise from an avalanche Making causing them, run. them to run and then something else happening but mm -hmm. it's it's hard yeah. to say there's well, just 
There's, it, it, this is why I wanted to cover this case because it's just fucking yeah. Bizarre. I'm super excited to finally be getting into it. Uh, starting off 2022 with a heavy hitter, I like it. Uh, the avalanche theory, yeah, that was proposed. Not a terribly big avalanche, but there was enough of a slope to cause one, and perhaps the avalanche could have even caused infrasound, which made yeah. them feel uneasy. And more of that theory follows with if they ran another tent from mm-hmm. an avalanche. Perhaps the avalanche didn't kill them. Right. God knows what kind, or how big the avalanche was, how far it traveled. But the fact they were out in the middle of the night, no yep. moon, no flashlights, nothing, trying to get back to tent, well, back to the site, that's the, what ultimately killed them. The thing that like has always kind of been a big red flag was the fact that like when the investigators came, they tested for radiation. And I'm sure we'll get into that because you don't really hear that. A whole lot in no. investigations like why would they like why yeah, why would they exactly. What exactly. You? yeah exactly like why would you go out looking for missing people and be like oh let's get the geiger counters out like mm-hmm. why it yeah. just it doesn't make any sense to me i think uh, i even heard that the yacht pass was like right around some other path there was like, like a, yeah. a military base that would ship nuclear yeah there was like a, a nu- yeah, there was like I a nuclear remember. testing facility around that area mm. yeah so now the, the movie the devil's pass says that it's a secret facility that houses like interdimensional beings. So that's another theory. Yeah, that movie gets super like Hellboy with it with the BPRD and yeah, yeah, it's a kind of a slow burn. I kind of enjoyed it honestly. And there's actually a series on uh oh God, what's it topic which is through Amazon called Dead Mountain um and basically follows uh, an investigator of the events. It's I've watched a couple episodes. It's very well done. It's actually very well interesting. Uh, so yeah, if anyone wants to go check out Dead Mountain through Topic and Amazon or whatever the fuck it is, I don't know. Uh, you yeah, cancel that yet? Yeah, <laughs> no, not yet because I'm not done with it yet. Uh, but yeah, that's it for part one. And yeah, part two, we'll touch on those theories. We'll touch the more in-depth investigation. We'll touch I've, each other. I've, we'll touch each other if you guys would like mm. to hear that because I definitely would. I don't. <laughs> you don't. Mm. Well, that's a problem. I'll boop your nose. That's a problem. I'm going to figure out what to do with you then. Boop. What? I said I'll boop your nose. Boop your nose? I'm not like a fucking dog. Oof. You're thinking otherwise, aren't you? I said nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your face, your expression said it all. You're like a... Just like the expressions on these dead hikers when they were found. You're oh, like God, that, that bear that they <laughs> oh, God. fought Any... off in the d- forest. Huh? You're like the bear that they fought off. <laughs> oh, okay. With the little blue police cla- oh, the cap little, little or whatever that you said. Too you- tight. It's too tight for his head. It squishes his head mm-hmm. a little too much. But he's got a nice little pen and paper, but it's t- they're too small for his hands, and he tries to write down notes of what happened at the human attack. Yeah. Yeah. He's cute. That's you. He's cute. What? The, the, the bear thing. Come on. Where'd the hat come from? I'm confused. Earlier, he said a little a bear with a little blue police cap. Oh. Another raise. She's paying attention. For once. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But maybe yeah, that was so, when I was looking up the miles to Cleveland or some shit. Just looking at your pe- penis, touching it. <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, every- if I was a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Take my balls all the time. Yeah. Sometimes it decides it wants to wake up, and you're like, "What are you doing? Stay down." No. Yeah. Sometimes you just come for no if reason. Matt was a woman. He just would not be able to stop touching his boobs. You know what? It's like a defense mechanism. <laughs> like soon when I somebody, as soon as somebody pisses me off, I generate milk in my my bosom here. <laughs> And I just squirt out like one of those fucking lizards that shoot blood out their eye. Like, shut up. I just, it'd be like a human. I've been threatening him with gleeks lately. Like, when he, because I I can gleek with like kind of on command. Hate it. He pisses me off. I'm just like, (laughs) she does that. He's like, ah! I'm like, come here, motherfucker. I I, I just, like, just talk about like, just. Milk. I just think of Family Guy when Peter. He tried to breastfeed Stewie. Stewie's sleeping and he wakes up and he's like, 
<laughs> gets, oh, the, yeah. gets the hair. Oh, it's so nasty. <laughs> so yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to reach out to us, if you if someone wants to send me an extensive list on how to pronounce all these names correctly, <laughs> you know, you can do that. You can reach us at TFR Pod Official on Twitter. Uh, the farthest reaches uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Hit us up at our email, the farthest reaches podcast at gmail.com. I just thought of something. I have a friend that's from Germany that has learned a lot of Russian. I'm going to message her and just be like, hey, can oh, yeah. you like do voice recordings like some of these names? And Please. Just, no, just insert just it, it over every time Matt says. So it's like, did it? Uh, and like it's like a woman's voice, like over top of where Matt's talking about. It's a nice, pretty voice. <laughs> okay, the last ten seconds talking made no sense. She's like, <laughs> just Matt, send me a list. I'm gonna have like I just need you to send me like a list of the, like all the names. Then I'll, I'll actually message her. Oh, I'm gonna put a, uh, that list is gonna have much more than just names in it. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna learn a lot of stupid shit in Russian. Uh, oh, but God. yeah, you can also the Father's Reaches Podcast dot com. Check us out. We have a website where there you can listen to any and all the episodes that we have. You can check out our research links. They'll take you to the, the books that we've uh, bought and purchased and, and read and researched. And the Bigfoot and, Sound and Maker. The Bigfoot Sound Maker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, not only this episode, all of our other episodes, you, you can go through and um, see a whole bunch of different pictures of whether it be TFR News or just some of the pictures that uh, talk about uh, mm-hmm. like the core episodes that we do. Pixels, Matt's memory glands. Oh, God, no. no. We want people to go to our website. Yeah. There's some freaky people uh, out it's there. It's very colorful. There's a lot of pink going on and green Lots and orange. Of and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We're a little extra. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Um, I mean, I tell you, when, I, when I have the technology at my hands, you don't know what I'll be doing with it. Method, methods of madness. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it means square space is fun, all right? Okay. Um, but, yeah, if you guys have... Anything you want to reach out to us about other topics to cover, if you have your own experience we can talk about on the podcast, we would love for you to probably preferably email us. You can find a, uh, a contact sheet mm-hmm. on uh, on the website as well to reach out to us. Please do. Don't hesitate. We're all friends here. You know, this is a, mm-hmm. a nice, safe community when it comes to explaining the, the wild and the weird because we all have had an, an instance here or there, an experience, if you will. And uh yeah, what's one person's spooky uh, experience to another? Yep. Yeah. Whatever and, you classify as weird. And shout out to Into the Fray. I'm oh, wearing yeah, their shirt the today. Fucking oh, awesome. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. They're super awesome. Yeah, can... I, don't, I don't think we got to say it uh, before the the end of the year, but uh, Josh here was <gasps> on Into the Fray. Oh, oh yeah, sure. you can listen to my episode where I tell a lot of my spooky uh, Encounters that I've had over yeah, the years, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're uh, they're they're pretty uh pretty interesting, I must yeah. say. They should yeah. have everyone on that's had a spooky encounter of you. Oh, <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> like the, the other side of that, yeah, the but yeah, the other side out. of that coin. So yeah, I was walking down, yeah, so I was to, walking uh, down the fucking street, high as shit, and I swear I saw a gnome. It <laughs> was there. I love gnomes. <laughs> yeah, oh, shout yeah. out to uh, <laughs> Shannon Legrove into the fray. You know, she's awesome. She is awesome. And perhaps next episode we'll have all the four of us here or maybe hopefully, not or maybe two or three but hopefully the full tfr team will assemble yes but this will be out on tuesday on a tuesday no pressure then, matt yeah the people demand it they, so when they you do. hear this on tuesday they, they really you'll do. hear from us again in two tuesdays if, this, if <gasps> there's a delay tuesdays. and this comes out on a wednesday and you're listening to this the day it drops i want you to email us and give matt <laughs> all kinds of shit send death threats no the- yeah <laughs> Please do, because I said people demanded it, yet I haven't had one person demand it. Darn. Anyway. Not mammary glands. Goodbye, everybody. I have been Matthew Plunkett. And that over there. I'm Josh. And that over there. I don't know. 
Oh God. <laughs> She's like, hi, I'm vulnerable. <laughs> hi, I'm chronically in pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Peace out, bitches. Bye, 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 Hey everyone, we here at the Farthest Reaches want to say thank you, because you, the listeners, make all of this possible. Please share our podcast with your friends, your family, or total strangers. You can find and connect with us on Facebook at the Farthest Reaches Podcast, Instagram at the Farthest Reaches, or Twitter at TFR Pod Official. There, we will be posting all sorts of strange stuff and updates for upcoming episodes and whatever else we get ourselves into. If you would like to share a personal story by chance, then you can reach us at our email, thefarthestreachespodcast at gmail. We would love to hear from you, and maybe we will even tell your story to the world. In the meantime, though, explore the elusive. Seek the knowledge of the obscure, and together we can translate this strange language of reality into something that we can understand. With that said, thanks for tuning in.